welcome to Too Thick for a Soup, Too Runny for a Pate. I'm Deborah Hunts. And welcome back to I'm Very Happy With My Purchase. Welcome to the anti-penultimate episode of I Lived It. My mother was Joseph Vissarionovich Stalin. Hello and welcome to the Soundheat podcast, the podcast of podcasts. It's a one-stop shop for all the best podcasts this week. Coming up later, a great clip of the 50th episode of Here Kitty, now officially the best podcast for luring cats. I'm John Luke Roberts, the CEO and fun captain of the Soundheap Inc. podcast network. There are currently 783 podcasts on the Soundheap Inc. podcast network, and while I've been speaking, that's gone up to 785. So a big welcome from the Soundheap family to ventriloquists talk true crime, and Dan and Sally think about their teeth while they talk. While I said, so, a big welcome from the Soundheap family to ventriloquists talk true crime and Dan and Sally think about their teeth while they talk, we gained another one. Jesus, that dog's pretty! The guy to putting makeup on your pets. Though, sadly, we waved goodbye to just imagine the size of the hammer, the Nine Inch Nails Appreciation Podcast. With so many pods on offer, it can be hard to know where to jump in. And that's why we made the Soundheap Podcast to give you a taste of our pods, our best, our coolest, and our most in need of listeners. To start with this week, here's a clip from veterinary consultation pod, So Your Pet's Broken, What Now?, with Dr Valerie Pfemming. Letter from Tony. Tony says, my dog isn't moving, uh, and it's just been lying around for two days. Any advice on how to get him moving? Well, first of all, hi, Tony. How are you? Um, your um, dog hasn't... Would you, would you want me to wait for a response? Because we'll have to... I oh, know, it's just... I'm he just wrote a letter, is what I'm saying. Like, it would take a while to get the next bit. You know, if you're asking, how are you? No, just continue to read. I'm just being interactive, y'all. Oh, right, OK. Well, that's the point. You can't interact. No, but I'm just doing it for the, for the listener. The listener oh, who's good. listening to this. That's good. Yeah, it's good. Yeah. Who might have the same problem. I'm humanising the problem. Mm. Mm. Well, go on. No, it's you. you what, how's it get his dog to move? All right, all right, all right. Uh, so your dog's not moving, yeah? That's what Tony says. Yeah. Yeah, but I, I, I'm afraid in order to diagnose the dog's problem, I, I need a little, little bit more information. All right. Um, oh, he says the dog, um, dog's not moving. Uh, it's a uh, spaniel, a little one. It's yeah. been. Is he's keeping it in the lounge? Originally, it stopped moving in the kitchen. And he's moved it through. And it's... Oh, he does say it also smells a bit. Okay. So what you've either got here is a, a smelly dog in a coma or a dead dog. Thank you. I'm sure Tony will find that very useful. So, um, and what are the... what? How, if it's a dead dog, what does he do to get it moving again? And if it's a dog in a coma, what does he do to get it moving again? Well, look, I'm going to go back to my childhood outside Joburg and I'm going to say if the dog is dead, you throw it to the leopards. Um, and if the dog is in a coma, you put it in a dog fighting ring. And if it doesn't, you know, if it doesn't uh, perk right up in, in the face of conflict, then you get another dog. I would... I did... What? A dog farting ring? Dog a ring farting? Why would you 
put dogs no, in a, a ring f- to fart. Is this a is this South African thing? We don't have this. So your pet's broken, what now, is a great listen if you're a pet owner. It's also a great listen if you're not a pet owner, but you like to pretend that you are, just for fun, or as research for a part in a movie, or as an element of erotic role-play. If you're listening, there's a good chance you already know what a podcast is. But for those of you who aren't listening, here's a brief explanation. A podcast is like a sandwich, but for your ears, or a tiny invisible television programme that you can take with you anywhere. One such tiny invisible television programme is Soundheapink's flagship history show. Then, 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 and now. This week's episode was Twist or Shout, the dance rationing of the 1960s. The first voice you'll hear is Vera Higgins, a woman who used to be young. I said to my friends, I've heard they're bringing in rationing of dancing, and they said no. It, they, it won't, it'll never work. I said, I, I reckon, and before you knows, knows that you've got re- books, uh, you know, you've got 36 tokens a week, you could have 36 dances. Sounds like a lot, doesn't it? But what you don't realise is each token's only 10 seconds. That's 360 seconds of dance. That's six minutes. It's not, it's not a lot. I ran the... Uh... Jumper Go-Go. I run the uh, Jumper Go-Go there um, for uh, a number of years, from about 1956 to about 1964. This is Percy Stretcher Bowles. Well, see, it was disastrous. You know, we, were, we, we were well known for all our dancing. And uh, suddenly the, uh, the government comes down and says, so we're going to have to ration the dancing. And, uh, yeah, we didn't know what to do. We were, we were at our wit's end. So uh, I remember we were, we were trying to think of other things that people could do. Uh, we had uh, we had uh, we had pie rolling and uh, we had just falling down uh, falling down was alright because that wasn't dancing so uh, you could fall down all you liked you could get back up again but you weren't allowed to for uh, two minutes after falling down but that's alright we used to have uh, waitresses you used to uh, just roll in with a with the next drink so that they could have a little drink uh, while they were lying down before they got up and fought, fell down again. But it, you know, it wasn't that wasn't per- that wasn't perfect by any means, you know, because uh, people were there to dance really; they didn't want to just fall down. Well, I'll tell you something. I used to sit on a stool and I'd wait for the perfect song. On a first, so I get emotional just thinking about it actually. You wait for the perfect song and then you get on the floor and I just used to give it three minutes. I'll give it the full three. And that left me three minutes if I fancied it later on as well and then there weren't as much pressure to have a perfect song. But, I, you know, we all found a way around it. You'd sit on your stool and while you were waiting, they can't stop the dance in your head. They couldn't stop that, and I still dance in my head sometimes. I don't mind telling you that, I still do. It was always going to be uh, finishing in a week's time, you know, and then another week's time, and another week's time, and, you know, the months would go by, and uh, people would come in, and uh, we'd have to uh, restrain them from dancing, especially if they had a couple of drinks, and uh, they wanted to dance. Um, a few clubs I know were uh, operating uh, secret dancing clubs, 
and uh, I was tempted. I have to say, I was tempted to uh, possibly start a, 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 an underground um, dancing club, but uh, I've always been one to abide by the law, and uh, the fines were prohibitive. Really, if you were caught, you could uh, be fined up to twenty guineas. Now, I don't sound much, but uh, in those days, uh, you could buy a country for that. And um, if uh, you were caught for a second time, then uh, you were sent to prison. If you were caught a third time, you were hung by the neck until you died. That's uh, not the kind of dance that uh, <laughs> I'd like to have been involved in. A lot of my friends at the time said, oh, sod it, I'll do more. Uh, but they always found out. And what was the punishment? Got smacked, right? Smacked in the legs. Right. Big wooden objects. I'd, I'd tell you what, you wouldn't have it done twice. Right. Unless you dance twice, then you would. And who did the smacking? Was that the police? The. It were. I suppose you could call them an off, offshoot of the police. That, as far as I could tell. They were qualified because they certainly never missed when they smacked with their wooden objects. However, I did see when obviously the rationing all ended and all things, all things do pass. When it ended, I did see one and down the fishmonger, so I was tempted to go smack his legs. I said, I still, I still think that now. Actually, if I saw one, I'd want to smack his legs. If your arms weren't moving. Technically, you're not dancing. And I think that's... Uh, I met a young Michael Flatley, I think that's where that came from. He used to do it down by a river. With his arms all still. Get emotional. I'm getting emotional, I remember it. It was wonderful to see. I think that's why the rationing had to end in the end, because they couldn't put in a new rule that said, end arms. So that's, you know, don't move them arms. I couldn't help it, though. Somebody come rushing in with a newspaper and says, look, God blimey. And they, uh, I remember it was uh, Finicky Whitelaw. Uh, Finicky Whitelaw, he came in with a newspaper and he said, look, the, the, the dancing band's lifted. And we all fell about crying and laughing and having a drink and all that. I've got little go-go dancers all lined up. And uh, I fired a gun and we uh, danced to uh, Everlasting Love. Uh, and uh, we kept dancing all through that night and all through the next day and all through the next day as well and the next day after that we didn't stop for about three weeks in fact two, two of the dancers died but it was a bit of a downer on it and thanks to our email for the production work on that now a short excerpt from Kissing Sounds for the Lonely brackets not helpful close brackets If you're like me, you might find numbers daunting. I mean, I've been confused about numbers since I was, I don't know how old. I've always preferred letters. Letters are comforting. Letters are sturdy. With letters, you can make words. Tightrope. Maudlin. Numbers. You can't make words with numbers. Numbers are rubbish. Oh, that's what I thought. As so often, it was my assistant, Dawny, who helped me see the light. I told her, you can't make words with numbers. She called me a bigot and threw an ornamental concrete seven at my head. As she drove me to the emergency room, 
she showed me her pocket calculator, which she was holding upside down. I looked at it and I laughed. He said boobies. Boobies is a word. Boobies is a word. Which brings us neatly to this week's episode of Counting Up in Sixes to see how big the numbers go. 720. Uh, well, next one's easy. Your friend and mine. 726. 732. A lot of these are just... And if you, if you, if you want to join in listening to this, you just add six every time. And if you're new to the podcast, well, best to start at the first episode, actually. But we're counting up in sixes to see how big it goes. And uh, spoiler alert, it goes pretty bloody big. Uh, seven, no, where are we? 738. 744. Jesus Christ, 750. We're already halfway to 800. I feel quite sick. 757. 763. Se- mm, hang on. That's odd, isn't it? Because they were all even numbers. And the whole of the six times table, sort of by definition, is even numbers, isn't it, really? Because there's always a multiple of six. Now I've gone wrong somewhere. I've added seven at some point. Hmm. Back up the track. Yeah, 750, then 756. 762. All the sevens, 768. Not all the sevens, really. One, one seven, I suppose. Some of the sevens, 774. 780. I mean, if you're listening, you must be thinking what I'm thinking, which is, we're going to clear 800 here. We're going to clear, there's no end to it. Seven, hang on, what did I get to? 780, 786. Whew, 792. So the next one takes us to the brink, and then the one after. Uh, again, you'll, you'll be ahead of me. 798, and that's where we're going to leave it, actually. Thank you very much for supporting this. You've been listening to Counting Up in Sixes to see how big the numbers go. This is the Sound Heat Podcast. Sound, but a whole bunch of it. Remember to follow us on Twitter, at Soundheaping, where you can interact with us and increase our brand reach. I think you could be forceful with a carrot. Yeah. Uh, carrot. Well, sure, I like to take it out. The peach, don't get me wrong with the peaches. I carry the peaches very oh, carefully. Oh, yeah, carry you can the bruise the peaches. Very, peach. very carefully, you know. But you've got other things like a potato. Can't really bruise a potato. I, I could chuck that in from about two feet, potato I to the basket. I reckon two feet, yeah. Carrot, really fling a really carrot. Really fling a carrot. Not so much a parsnip. Funny that, isn't yeah. it? You don't know what, because they're thicker too, so you, you think, think they'd be solid. Yeah. Nah, they're not. They're more, they're more, more fibrous. Uh, but they're not more solid, I'd say. It's a very different experience, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. A clip from Greengrocer's Discuss Technique, available wherever you get your podcasts and for a trial period, wherever you get your vegetables. At Soundheap Inc., we love all our podcasts equally, and some are even more than that. Some of them have been with us since day one, uh, one of those being Crying with Tony. This week, Tony is joined by author Crispin Waite. One, two, three. Thanks so much for having me. 
はい<laughs> yeah, I'm good, thank you. How are you? Thanks so much for having me. Yeah, yeah. And what about yourself? <laughs> mm -hmm. I've, got, I've got a book coming out. Shit. Can I plug it now or? Yeah. Yeah. It's like a satire about England. Okay, well, thanks. <laughs> Now, a remarkable story from ongoing Soundheap series An Angel Ate My Car and Other Miracles Gone Wrong. I, I, I think it's always quite.、Um... A nerve-wracking moment, actually, for people when they get back after a holiday, just in case you know you're anticipating all the mail that might have dropped through the the letterbox. There's always a bit of you that's kind of worried that maybe there's been a burglary. I mean, you know, obviously that's catastrophizing, but it's always slightly in the back of your mind.、Mm. What you don't expect is to walk back into your home and find an angel squatting in your home. He was kind of squatting. In the corner, on his haunches, in the corner of the living room. At first, I just thought it was an intruder, and obviously screamed and panicked. But he just didn't react at all. And then I looked closer, and his face was really like David Tennant's. And he was in a kind of white corduroy suit, and he had sort of.、Um, What are those shoes called that have、um, points? He had a he had winkle pickers on. He didn't have you know wings or whatever. But I think sometimes we have these kind of traditional ideas of like God being some big guy, old guy in the sky with a beard, and we sort of have these kind of really、um, conventional notions of what things are. But you know, I knew straight away it was an angel, and I felt both blessed and appalled. You know because. It was a shock. When I looked closer, I did see that there was a sort of pool of what I assumed would be urine、um, underneath where he was squatting. And if I hadn't had my sensitivity to angels, which I've always had, I probably would have just thought it was a squatter. It's a blessing. Anything from an angel is a blessing. Yes, it's angels' urine, but. Urine, no urine. It's angels' urine, and that's a blessing. I kind of knew that in that moisture there would be golden drops of of goodness. And my husband, who is, a, you know, quite a shallow and cynical human being, phoned the police, and I was busy. Trying to collect the moisture from the carpet because I thought if that's going to just evaporate into thin air, that's not, you know, making the most of this spectacular blessing. And 
Shortly afterwards, the police arrived and there was nothing I could do to, to stop that. But yes, I managed to collect probably about half a bottle. There were new carpets. There was quite a lot of um, uh, tread on them and I just squeezed it, squeezed it, squeezed it. Um, and I've been applying it to my skin or drinking it, dropping it in my tea ever since. And, and I've been very sparing and I've just felt incredibly blessed and incredibly... Uh, incredibly touched, I guess. And I've left my husband. And if you or someone you know has been the victim of a divine intervention, producer Della Sweeney would love to hear from you. Now listen to this week's episode of The Sounds of Someone Eating a Tasty Tasty Pie. The next episode of The Sounds of Someone Eating a Tasty Tasty Pie will be dropping on Wednesday. I'm delighted to announce that Corey Slipknot, the lead singer of the band Slipknot, is bringing his new podcast to the Soundheat Network. He's no stranger to podcasting. He was even nominated for a Goody Goody Pod Pod Award for his 10-part series Slipknot I, Me, My Music and the Concept of Self in the Works of Samuel Beckett. It gives me great pleasure to give you the first listen to Soundheap original, I Didn't Know You Were in Slipknot, with Corey Slipknot. I'm Corey Slipknot from the band Slipknot. Uh, you may know us from our singles, uh, Hey, I'm Sad, and Don't You Drop That Now. Uh, I'm joined today by a member of Slipknot Hello. who uh, will take their mask off if I can describe the mask. The mask is a kind of a rotten dog. <laughs> and I'm going to say, uh, please, will you remove your mask and I can find out who you are? So take the mask off. Here we go. Oh, it's tricky. It's got a, it's got belt on it. Ah, uh, hello, Corey. Hello. Hello. Uh, and your name is? My name is Melissa. Hello, Melissa. Hello. It's an honour to to properly see you. To it's, see your... uh, and may I say, Melissa, I didn't know you were in Slipknot. <laughs> no, no, we we have met actually. We met at um at a sort of dinner uh, a couple of oh, years yeah. ago. Um, but I, I I I didn't want to say anything then. Um, I've I've been a uh, big oh, fan oh, of yours. Oh, was that at the um the the Johnsons? It the Johnsons was, dinner in it uh, was very ch- charming. I thought um, they were uh, they were uh, rather yeah. alarmed by by Slipknot. Uh, yes. And you must have been there. I was. Well, I, a, that's how that's how I got interested in um, in being in Slipknot. In being in Slipknot. Yes, yeah. I was because I've always been interested in um, papier mâché and uh, uh-huh. masks and. Um, and I will. You you have a papier mâché mask. Yes, that's I do. one of the interesting. Most of us, this kind of rubberish yeah. or fabric. Yeah, yeah. It's papier mâché and um, and and nails, which I thought made it a little uh, yeah. bit more more Slipknot than um, you know sort of brownies. But um, well, I'm I'm very glad that um, uh, to be to be invited. I mean, I wasn't strictly invited in. I just sort of sidled in one day, and I've been doing <laughs> oh, yeah. been doing that yeah. ever since. But um, I I hope that you've been happy with my work. 
Kobe. Yeah, you'd play the cleaver. Yes. That's the cl- yes. Yeah. Very good. I've got no, much very, better I'm, I'm, at it. You, I, I've noticed that. Yes. I have noticed. Um, um, thank you. <laughs> when exactly did you sidle in? When was your... I sidled in, I think it was... Did you join that night at the Johnson's party? Oh, no, you, I thought uh, that... Well, what I did was I got on the minibus afterwards. I right. sort of, I, I got I got the mask and, um, you know, drilled a couple of nails into it, hoping that that would, you know, kind of cover up. Because, uh, you know, mm. I actually got into masks because um, at my old temping job, they said I didn't wear enough makeup. Uh, so I thought that was a sort of good way of, you know, of covering uh, up. I'm sorry about that. I feel that's... Uh, oh, well, that- no, but, you know, I, I, you, um, how do you feel about makeup? Because you, I mean, it's a sort of waste under a mask, isn't it? But you must wear it sometimes. Well, I feel like um, who uh, the question is, uh, Melissa, uh, who am I putting the makeup on for? Mm. Am I putting it on for society, for uh, other people, mm. or am I putting it on for myself? Yes. And if the answer to that question is as I believe it should be, I'm putting it on for myself. Yes, you see, I put and it on just to keep I, my face warm. I think of uh, the, the process of wearing a mask uh, very much like being a scotch egg like being the egg in the mask yes you know yes yes the, ma- and the mask actually, is the meat i'm a big fan of your scotch egg mask it's one of the Thank ones you. you wear less often in, in less, gigs and yes. things but um, um, but well, when you're hosting I, at home i've noticed that you, you yeah really i wear that for for, um, for for entertaining yes yeah. although uh, the um, the dogs go crazy for it don't they <laughs> they do because i use real meat yes. it's real meat in there yeah. well, you have to be it's authentic. hard though you do, but I can't get an egg big enough for the egg to be real, yes. so I just have to sort of so what do white you... up my face. Right, so that's not real egg. That's disappointing. That's not real egg, no. How... It, uh, it's just, um, it's a kind of gouache. Right, and is that what yeah. they use in, you know those um, gala pies? How do they make the eggs in those? How do you get such uh, a long egg? I've always wondered. Do... A long egg? Yes, that's what they have in gala. Do you know, I don't know if it's, it might just no, be No, I'm afraid thing. I'm not familiar with the gala pies. <clears throat> well, maybe we, we shouldn't, um, we shouldn't keep talking about them. Just about time to say boop boop for this week, but before we do, here's this week's punch out. The Wikipedia entry for ASMR whispered into a microphone. Autonomous sensory meridian response. Open brackets, ASMR, sometimes autosensory meridian response. Close brackets, is a tingling sensation that typically begins on the scalp and moves down the back of the neck and upper spine. A pleasant form of paresthesia. It has been compared with auditory tactile synesthesia and may overlap with frisson. ASMR signifies the subjective experience of low-grade euphoria, characterised by a combination of positive feelings and a distinct static-like tingling sensation on the skin. It's most commonly triggered by specific auditory or visual stimuli and less commonly by intentional attention control. Soundheap was presented by me, John Luke Roberts, and featured Alice Fraser, Bill Al-Zafar, Deborah Francis-White, Johnny Donahoe, Josie Long, Jos Norris, Catherine Parkinson, Kevin Eldon, Margaret Cabon-Smith, Mark Watson, Ruth Bratt, Sammy Shah, and Suze Kempner. The original music was by Paddy Jervis and Rob Sell at Torch and Compass, and the producer was Ed Morrish. 
Soundheat is a Lead Mojo production for Audi. Boop, boop. <laughs>